Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. We are going live here at uh, IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com on the Tamar Yona Show at a different time. I, poly- I apologize to all of our listeners who listen to our Sunday show that goes live. Uh, I was under the weather, had a little cold, and I'm still a little bit congested, but uh, I'm good to go. Yes, I am. And we have joining us Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem, who is going to be joining us. And we're going to be talking about change of order Wow. Yes, we saw a change of uh, what's happening in Israel and now the United States, what is going to be happening there. We're going to be doing an Israel-U.S. comparison. We're going to be speaking about the elections, education, societal collapse, the United States in the Middle East, and will Xi attack East Asia, Siberia? Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem is a researcher, former lecturer at Ben-Gurion University. He's authored over... 80 books and 400 research papers on science, history, and more. He commentates on Mideast and world issues. Welcome to the show, Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. Thank you. It's good to have you on. Okay, so, well, we had uh, interesting results here in Israel. I, I think they're very positive in the sense that if Bibi makes a right-wing government, he, he would seem to... I enjoy a much more stable and long-lasting government that might even last four years. Who knows? And now the United States is next. Where would you like to start? Uh, very good question. Uh, we need to start with a little bit of, um, of basic facts here. <clears throat> First of all, I, I, I'm going to claim, and this is not going to be pleasant for some people to hear, that Part of the reason why BB lost was uh, BB won was because Biden lost. In other words, Biden is so unbelievably incompetent, his entire crew, that um, uh, uh, since the um, for approximately for the past twenty years, the United States State Department has been attempting to control Israeli elections. I'm going to claim that the last four elections that went badly went badly mostly because of American interference. And had America not interfered, then we would have had a stable government four elections ago. And so tell our listeners how you, how you uh, believe that the United States interfered. Well, we know, for instance, uh, just as an example, that uh, Obama uh, uh, um, uh, spent hundreds of millions of dollars to promote an organization, to create and promote of an organization that they called uh, V15, which in, tw- in the elections in 2015, which was, uh, the organization was a, a, a so-called NGO. It was not an NGO. It was a, an American government organization and not a non-government organization. And it was uh, uh, formed specifically to bring down Bibi Netanyahu. Again, this is known. This is not, this is not something that we're surmising. This is something that is well known, was publicized, that they admitted themselves that they, that they had done that uh, uh, against American and Israeli law. And this has been going on for quite some time. We know that the Americans interfere constantly and um, uh, that they have a, um, uh, uh, an intention to attempt to control Israeli politics. Now, in this case, um, as a measure of their phenomenal incompetence they simply they simply failed to do so and so the the electorate actually got to decide what it wanted and that is we got the government that we desire which was a jewish government in short uh, not only jewish government a jewish government that really is uh, uh based upon patriotism based upon nationalism based upon uh um um uh, um uh, well beyond just the issue of of being Jewish, but being 100% Israeli. And, and I must comment, comment here about some of these uh, uh, noises that we're hearing from uh, people in America that they're so frightened of Ben Gvir and etc. Absolutely stupid comments that I'm hearing from them. Um, 
while it is true that Ben Greer, when he was 16 years old, um, did some things that he today uh, admits that he regrets having done them, I don't know of anybody who would not, as an adult, admit to having to regretting having done some things when he was a child. I think that's pretty much normal for most children. Ben Greer was a child. Um, do you have anybody? Do you know of anybody who? Did not go through childhood? I, I don't know of anybody like that. You're funny. Okay. <laughs> All right. Keep going. So, I mean, yes, he did things that were regrettable, and he regretted, and he has admitted publicly that he regrets doing it. But, but, okay, what more do you want for the poor guy? I mean, I don't particularly like Ben Beer. I think he's coarse, and I think he's he, he tends to act in, in an indecorous manner, and he's not to my taste, but that as I've said many times in the past, that does not have any reflection upon his right to be elected or his or the right of the public to elect him. We have a real democracy. It actually functions as a real democracy. Okay, I, I want to interrupt you have if a I right can. to vote for whoever they wish. I, I want to interrupt you if I can, just to insert, and I said this before on the radio, I think it was last week, that uh, whenever the left-wing media... Uh, describes uh, Ben Gvir and his party and uh, the the Zionist party that has become now the third largest party in Israel, and they're all screaming, the right-wing extremists, right-wing extremists. I want to remind everybody that this party this, uh, was basically, the, its core voters live in Judea and Samaria. Judea and Samaria, for people who are not familiar with the area, is surrounding Jerusalem to the north and the south, and there, it's basically like suburbs of Jerusalem where people live, families, uh, who kids are going to, going to school. Some of them are, are, are larger families because that's a, it's a lot of family values. We're talking about the salt of the earth, wholesome people. They are the farthest thing from extreme as you can get. And of course, there are extremists in every single segment of society. There's a few extremists here and a few extremists there. Right, there are. But the core basis that voted these people in are from Judea and Samaria, the family-valued-oriented people, not extreme at all. They're very, like, middle-class, you know, home-with-a-garden type of people. And now what brought them, I think, to third place is that even secular people were voting for Ben Gvir, and that is because, I believe, because of the recent rise in Arab terrorist audacity uh, and uh, the, the terror attacks, the victims, the lack of security, the showing up to the terror scenes that uh, Itamar Ben-Gvir did. Whenever there was a terror attack or there was trouble, he would go out into the streets with the people and speak with the people and talk, whereas you didn't see Knesset members that are supposed to be representing us. You didn't see them out there on the ground with the people. They're in their ivory towers, and people are wanting security and people like that someone they feel that someone is going to bring them that and that they're really relating to the people instead of sitting in their ivory towers do you want to uh comment on that or move on uh let me just a, a few little points here uh, i'm not disagreeing with anything that you're saying but uh, uh, uh the basis of the party is indeed people who live in 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 in, in the, the suburbs of jerusalem um but the party has much a great deal of support in other places as well, including urban areas, not just in Jerusalem, but in, but in Beersheba and in other places. Uh, 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 Beersheba, by the way, highly populated by Arabs. Okay, and there's a lot of Arab crime. Sadly, go ahead. Uh, that, that was that's exactly what I was going to say. Ah, okay. And most of the in many of these cities, Jerusalem, Lud, Beersheba, there are very large Arab minority populations. For instance, Beersheba. People aren't aware of this. Beersheba has 25% of its population are, are non-Jews. And what we're seeing is that um, uh, the Arab Muslim population is about 16% of the population of Israel. Um, the total minorities, all minorities inclusive, are about 20%. But the Arab Muslim minorities, the Arab Muslim uh, portion of that, that's about 16% of the population. They perform, according to police statistics, well over 90% of the crime in the country, particularly the violent crime. And 
can I add something as well? Many years ago, and I wish I would have saved the link. I remember reading that all it all a country needs for a uh, a group to take it over is for I think they said five percent, maybe even less, of the population to that are willing to be violent and go into the streets and take over because most people are going to shut themselves and their families in their homes. If there's just imagine on your street, all these Jeeps come down with a bunch of guys, you know, wielding assault rifles and, and screaming things and saying, we're going to kill you or stay in your homes, whatever. Most people are going to go into their homes, lock their doors, excuse me, and stay there. And, and those people on the streets are going to take over. So even when you hear 20% are, uh, of the population is Arab and or, you know, uh, the, the most of the violent crime is Arab, but it's maybe, you know, a, a certain percentage. Don't be fooled because it takes a small percentage to be able to take over and control a population. Go ahead. Well, I actually remembered that article, but the number was was fifteen, not five. But okay, you're, you're, you know what? Send me the it's, link. It's I want to see that. Model. You're, you're not you're not incorrect. Okay, great. Send me the link. I'm so excited that you have it. Go ahead. No, I don't have the link, but I do remember it very clearly. Ah, okay. Clearly. Okay. If I remember correctly, it was an article by either uh, uh, Mordechai Kadar or um, uh, what was his name, Moshe Shemir. Okay. So both are very, very uh, well known and very well uh, 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 scholars of of, of Islam. Um, but that's besides the point right now. The, the the fact is that these are real issues. We saw that uh, uh, about a year and a half ago in the violent um, um, uh, 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 protests. I'm using that word in double quotation marks. Just a second. Hang <laughs> on. We got to go to a break. We're going to be right back, everybody. Don't go anywhere. We are back here at the Tamar Yona Show on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Our guest is Dr. Mordechai Ben Menachem, and we're talking about change of order and Israel-U.S. comparison. And uh, I interrupted you because we had to go to a break, Dr. Mordechai Ben Menachem, but please continue. Right. Um, uh, it's important for us to remember that, um, uh, 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 what was it, a year and a half ago approximately when, when there was a, a, a minor flare-up uh, against the um, the extremists in Gaza, when there was an uprising, a, a so-called violent demonstration. There weren't demonstrations. They were in, in the city of Lud. These were not demonstrations. These were people who were attempting to um, uh, 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 promote and 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 uh, uh, perform violent actions to attempt to uh, destabilize the state. And these were citizens of Israel. But there was the the, the Arab population of Lud. I'm not saying what percentage of the of, of the total Arabs. I don't know how many Arabs were involved in that. I don't have accurate statistics. I don't know if accurate statistics exist for this. But a large number of Arab citizens in the city of Lud, which is in the center of the country, um, uh, uh, and this included uh, 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 violence with firearms. So these are real issues. These are not these are not fake issues here. We're talking about stuff that that really does matter. When when you when your car is burned or your house is invaded by armed people, um, these are things that you need to care about if you're if you want to stay alive. Okay, so, so we, we need to understand what this is talking. Let, let's let's go to some facts that can help to illustrate some of the things that are going on today in Israel in the United States. Um, uh, and a little bit around the world. Okay. So some of these things are kind of difficult to comprehend unless you get some numbers to put things into perspective. So Israel is the fifth most educated country in the world by a new survey that just came out uh, about a week and a half ago, uh, with over 50% of the population having completed tertiary education. I say of the population, that's not quite accurate, of the working population. What was the first? country the most educated the, country? the first four are canada japan luxembourg and south korea 
Canada comes first? Um, yes, evidently. Really? That is <laughs> I, that is a surprise. Okay. Not that Canadians are stupid. I'm not saying that. I'm just. Uh, I'm not talking about stupid. We're talking about educated. Educated. That's I I just I just didn't. I would think may, maybe Britain or China or Japan or Korea or you know. Britain, you're way off. Well, Britain is way down the list. Okay. As is the United States, for instance. The United States today, according to this same study that was put out, less than fifty percent of Americans today are literate. Right. Literate, meaning basic reading skills, basic math skills. Most, vast majority, most Americans, most people living in the United States do not have, uh, do not have a, what, what's called below basic comprehension. Yeah, and, and we see the result of this. I, I'll, I'll be... Very daring here, and I'll say that we, we see the result of this when we know that some 500 people die every day in the United States from drugs. Drug use is perhaps the, 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 the epitome, and I'm going to say something really nasty here, and I don't give a damn. The epitome of stupidity. There is nothing more stupid than this, the, the, these, this use of, the, of, the, of these so-called drugs. Uh, fentanyl is not a drug, it's a poison. Anybody who uses it as if it's a as if it's a, 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 a something recreational is stupid. I mean, this is this is the result of horrible miseducation. This is the result of uh, a, a culture gone mad. When we have people like Kanye West, who is a cultural icon in the United States, and the man is clearly dumb. I mean, he's clearly unintelligent. Listen to him speak. It's, a, it's an effort to even listen to him minimally. And, and there are many people like that that are well thought of for some reason throughout the United States, throughout American culture today, not just America. Um, you mentioned Britain. Britain, uh, Britain has the same problem. Um, uh, uh, and we see this throughout, uh, throughout Europe today <clears throat> in almost every uh, Western European country. Uh, uh, and... Some of the things that we're seeing today, like, for instance, the, these, the, the, the uh, uh, crime, uh, drug abuse, um, uh, even inflation, the economic problems, many of these problems do actually result from mad, bad education or miseducation. And these are things that are critical if the society really does wish to survive. Remember something, a, a basic principle. If you do not have good tertiary education, and the United States today does not, you do not have tech industries and you, don't have, you do not have defense industries. They cannot exist. Again, I'll say something that Americans really despise hearing. A very, very disproportionately large portion of American Defense technology R&D is actually done in Israel. Much of this is bought from Israel. Much of this is stolen from Israel. And this I know from personal experience that I've been involved with. And I know that Americans don't like to hear that, but that happens to be a fact. Americans, American universities today just are not up to score. Okay, and we can we can go on from there. We can look at something that uh, 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 America has a document which it supposedly puts out periodically called the National Security Strategy. This is a document. It was recently published by the Biden administration or Malin administration. And it places the new document. It's supposed to be the a strategic depiction of how the defense establishment in the United States and the um, um, diplomatic establishment in the United States are supposed to view the world. And it places the issue of what they call domestic political threats ahead of foreign competitors. Whereas the Biden administration's national security strategy explicitly states 
that a Republican win in today's election is more dangerous to the United States, explicitly states this, is more dangerous to the United States than the rise of China. Now, we need to understand what, on the practical side what this means. The U.S. military has uh, uh, now been classed by the Heritage Foundation, Foundation as weak and incapable of maintaining a force in the field for more than two weeks. And that was before the vast majority of their ammunition was sent to, to Ukraine. Okay, I want to ask you a question. Besides the fact that the under the Biden administration, a lot of ammunition was sent to the Ukraine, and so the United States doesn't have that. How uh, is it explained that they are so weak militarily when just... I, and Biden's been, how long has Biden been in office? Less than two years, right? Correct. Okay. Correct. So before that, they had Donald Trump, who built up the military, strengthened it, put more tax money into it. So how how is it so weak now? Okay. There are two parts to your question. First of all, um, the American government, the American people, spend more on defense than the next nine countries put together. That includes China, that includes Russia, that includes the next nine countries. I'm going to go into the list. Now, how is it possible that they spend so much and America has not succeeded in any military action for the last 70 years? How is it possible that they lost against a ragtag bunch of... Uh, goat herders in, 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 in Afghanistan. How is it possible that they lost against basically a group of weirdos and jerks in Iran? In, well, in, in Iran? I, I can argue that it's because of their stand-down orders. You know, don't, sh uh, you know, civilians, don't shoot, um, you know, whatever. Well, maybe you're right. I mean, you know, this, and, and, and certainly that that is one issue, but the main issue is that the military doesn't function really, and militaries don't function generally. I'm not saying anything, uh, uh, heaven forbid, against the individual American person, soldier, uh, 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 male, female, whatever you want to call, whatever you want to pronounce. I'm talking about the, the leadership. American military does not have leadership, and this is a critical factor. Always, no military can prevail if its leaders do not lead. So this is critical to understand. Well, why does America spend so much? Basically, we don't know. The wastage in the American military is phenomenal. And again, I'm saying this from personal experience. I have worked on American military contracts, and I know the degree of wastage it is, can you give, uh, in 30 seconds, less than 30 seconds, can you give an example, just so we get an idea? <coughs> uh, I'm, I'm not certain what I'm permitted to say exactly, but uh, I, I can say, I can attest that I was personally involved, for instance, in developing a certain type of simulator for the American military. I won't say which branch. I don't know if I'm allowed. Um, and this, uh, 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 this simulator was supposed to cost them for its full development about 50 million dollars in the okay end we're gonna have to be in suspense because we have to go to a break <laughs> we'll be in suspense it's okay makes yeah. the show more exciting we'll be right back All right, we are back here at the Tamar Yona Show on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com, and we are discussing Israel-America comparisons. And in the last segment, you left us in suspense when I asked you a question how uh, the United States military is so weak, and you were talking about the wastage that goes on there, and I asked you to give us an example. Okay, I was talking about a specific uh, simulator that we developed. Uh, I, I won't say what company in Israel developed it. That, 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 that's not, that's not uh, uh, germane. 
um, I was involved in it. I was the um, uh, um, um, uh, a manager for, of quality for the pro for the process. Uh, and it, it was originally meant to cost about fifty million dollars, developed totally in Israel, and because of really ridiculous um, decisions made along the way by the Americans, uh, by the specific branch of the military for whom we developed it, it eventually cost them $150 million. Just three times the price. And there was no excuse for it. There was no reason for the changes that they made. The changes didn't make sense. The changes weren't necessary. Changes in the process, during the process of development always are always costly. They know that. Everybody knows that. That's the way these major projects are, 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 are managed. We know how to manage projects. That's just the way it is. I guess they just don't know how to shop on sale. Okay. That's a very good comment, by the way. It's not a joke. <laughs> All right. So keep going. Okay. Let's, let's go over just for a brief moment to a lesson that we can learn from the war in Ukraine. Um, almost every analyst uh, 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 before the war broke out, before during the month of January of this year, before the, the, the Russians began the military portion of the of the issue everyone said well the ukraine will be, will fold up within within days the russian military is vastly more powerful and blah 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 etc etc and that hasn't happened what's what's the problem what what do we need to learn from this that where putin made his mistake i mean clearly these people were correct the russian military is vastly larger the russian population is vastly larger than ukraine there's no reason why ukraine should have prevailed um, for so long, sort of uh, survived for so long. And the, the reason is really uh, interesting. Putin had very good, what we call strategic intelligence before the invasion, but he had no social intelligence. And if you're going to attack a people, you need to understand what makes that people function, what makes them tick. But the, the Ukraine used to be part of the Soviet Union. They don't know how they tick? Um, it, it's more than that. Ukraine not only was part of the Soviet Union, Ukraine has been part of basically the Russian Empire for hundreds and hundreds of years. It was not conquered by the Soviets. It was part of Russia before the, 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 the Soviet Revolution in 1917. So then how, do, how do, don't they know how the Ukrainians tick? Well, what they didn't what they didn't understand was that the Ukrainians over the past couple of decades that they've been a country and Ukraine has never had never been a country before this. You need to understand that Ukraine was never a country in and of itself until the breakup of the Soviet Union. There had never been a country called Ukraine. It was a region. It was not a country, but over these past decades, two or three decades that, that it existed, the Ukrainian people actually succeeded in formulating themselves into a people, and they had a desire to fight for the freedom. I, I want to stop you here because I learned that if a people has a distinct language, then they are uh, a people, and that just shows why the Palestinian Authority with these Arabs that call themselves Palestinians when they have no history, their language is the same language, Arabic, might have different accent because, you know, even Americans have different accents, but there, there's nothing distinct there. And uh, Ukraine does have uh, their own language. Well, you're not incorrect, but language is not sufficient. It's clearly one of the items, but that in and of itself is not sufficient. You need to have what, what used to be called esprit de corps. You need to have something that, uh, a, 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 a unifying spirit. And a language alone is not sufficient. And we can look at many places like this. We can look at the difference, for instance, between England and Wales, or England and Scotland. Are, are they distinct today as, as separate entities? Well, yes and no. Scotland may be Wales, certainly not. Cornwall. Cornwall had its own language. Uh, the Basques. The Basques have their own language. And they want that independence is, from Spain. Well, it's a very small minority, and it's not really all that active. It's not, it's not real. Okay, well, keep going then. Keep going. Okay. But Ukraine did manage to create enough of a so-called fighting spirit 
so that the Americans could begin the process of supplying them with more war material. Remember, this is a critical comment here. Supplying a warring nation with weapons sounds good. And it might even be good in many cases. But for the most part, supplying a warring nation with weapons prolongs the war. If your objective is to cut the war short, to arrive at a negotiated settlement of whatever the differences are, and I'm not making any value judgment here on term, between Russia and Ukraine, supplying the Ukraines with massive quantities of weapons has only caused the war to, pre to be prolonged. It has not really helped the Ukrainian people at all. It's caused a great deal more death among Ukrainian people, a great deal more destruction. In the end, I personally believe that Russia will prevail because, as I said, Russia has a vastly larger population than Ukraine, about four times the amount. And probably now, that was the, before the war, it was four times the amount. Probably now it's, the difference is even larger. But I don't, nobody really knows how many people still live in Ukraine. And again, I'm not making a value judgment as whether the, the, the Russian incursion has justification or not. I'm not even discussing that. That's not the issue here. Um, we need to understand something that's interesting. Everybody is familiar with the expression, follow the money. How much money has, has the United States government invested in Ukraine? Something on the order of $20 billion today. That sounds like a lot of money. How much money has the United States made from the war in Ukraine? Close to three, uh, to a quarter of a trillion dollars. Close to $250 billion in profit. That's weapon sales, not only to Ukraine, but to all of these Western European countries that have suddenly woken up and decided to increase their defense spending. That's uh, liquefied natural gas, which is being supplied by the United States rather than being supplied by Russia. That, by the way, that alone is well over $70 billion. Um, and et cetera, et cetera, and, uh, food and other things, and all of these things. So America is, uh, uh, um, is basically the Biden administration is supporting the American economy by prolonging the Ukrainian war. I'm not saying that this, is the, 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 this was the original intention. I'm saying that this happens to be a fact. We, we, we're all, we've all heard, for instance, of the issue of diesel fuel shortage. A shortage of diesel fuel is a catastrophe. Can the United States continue to function if it really does run out of diesel fuel? Is diesel fuel really going to run out? Nobody knows the answers to those questions. If, heaven forbid, the United States actually does run out of diesel fuel, that translates into massive famine throughout the United States. And that's because trucks, which deliver food to grocery stores and to populations that are not near farms, if they deliver the food, and if the food doesn't get delivered, then people won't have food. It has nothing to do with nearness, by the way. You're right, but... Uh, erase the word near because okay. even if you live relatively near to a farm it's still trucked in by diesel fuel okay uh diesel fuel basically runs the world today like it or not you can be a, a, a as as, gre as as greeny as you like there is no today there is no uh um uh, 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 alternative to the use of diesel fuel it just doesn't exist. There's nothing exists out there. Can we talk about electric trucks? No. Technologically, they do not yet functionally. They're not really functional at that at that level. They just can't do the job physically. Okay. Um, let's go on here. We're talking about the, the 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 economic effects of the war for America and with within America. How is America? How is the Biden maladministration? funding their economy in order to present what they're presenting to the American people in today's election. Well, another thing that people aren't aware of, the Biden administration has sold over the, over the months, April to August, 140 tons of gold. Now, everybody knows the expression, buy low, sell high. Why is the American government selling its gold reserves 
when the price is the lowest it's been in years and decades. Okay, mm -hmm. 140 tons of gold have been have been sold, all of almost all of it to Asia, to Asian countries, between the months of April and August. We don't know what happened since August. We don't have data for that yet. The entire world has been buying gold now because gold is cheap. Why is America selling gold? We don't know the answer to that. Russia produces some 400 tons of gold per year. China produces about 330 tons of gold per year. Most of the Chinese gold remains in China. How much of it exactly? We don't know the data to that. Remember, many countries consider the level and the activities in their gold reserves to be state secrets. So there's a lot of things that we do not know. But we do know that America has been selling its gold reserves. It has the largest gold reserves in the world, so maybe it thinks that, that it can afford it. I don't know. Um, let's go on now. We'll go back now to the issue that I mentioned briefly before the so-called um, uh, uh, national security uh, um, uh, document produced by the, uh, by the American administration recently. Um, the U.S. position in the world is primarily right now a function of, the, of economics. It's primarily a function of the strength of the dollar on world markets. America can dominate markets because of its because of its domination of the what's called the so-called reserve currency. Basically, U.S. made a deal, or in actual fact, two deals. It doesn't matter for the moment with Saudi Arabia, for by which the Saudis would agree to sell oil only in dollars. That creates a demand for dollars. Dollar, like any other commodity, is its value is, a, is an issue of supply and demand. So as long as they could control the supply and they could control with their partners the demand, they had control of their currency throughout the world. Well, some of the first things that Biden did when he came into office was he talked about making Saudi Arabia a pariah state. Everybody remembers that, I'm sorry. Which is really interesting because he was talking about a pariah state for Saudi Arabia because they killed one journalist, which has not been proven, but I'm willing to accept that they probably did, okay. Except Iran has killed over 10,000. Again, 10,000. And they're not a pariah state. America has done nothing to help the riots in 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 uh, in uh, uh, Iran that have been going on now for several months. The next thing that this, that the Americans did was they removed from Saudi Arabia <coughs> um, weapon systems that the Saudis had paid for. They removed the uh, the Patriot missile the, the missile system. Which never worked anyway, but but it doesn't matter. The, the Saudis did pay for that, so they took it out of the out out of Saudi Arabia, and the result of that was that Saudi Arabia was attacked by Iran and by the Houthis. Uh, mm -hmm. Does anyone think that Saudis are going to be overjoyed at that at being attacked? Hmm. Um. Basically, what's happening today around the world is the Saudis, together with Many other countries now are now looking at alternatives to the dollar. So Saudi Arabia now has sold much of its oil over the past few months using other currencies. What in the future is going to prop up the American dollar? What in the future is going to prop up the American economy if, if oil is not sold only in dollars? And there is no answer to that question. Well, how has it been in effect already if they've already been doing it? It's too early to tell. These things take time to affect. Time I to see. Affect. Okay. Anything, almost anything you do in economics takes a minimum of six months before it has, an, has, has, has starts to have a real effect that you can measure. Okay. <coughs> so this is something we, we just don't know yet. And this is a process which is going on.
Okay. My personal opinion, and I emphasize that this is an opinion, throughout the past um, uh, many decades, let's say since the last 70 or 80 years, the worldwide economy has been basically based upon fiat currencies. Right. I believe that we are moving now towards basing the world economy on commodities. I remember the richest country in the world in commodities is not the United States. The United States is the richest country in the world in agricultural commodities, not in natural, not in the, in the other natural commodities. The richest country in the world in other natural commodities happens to be Russia. So this is a challenge. I'm not drawing conclusions what that challenge means. It is a big challenge, and people need to be aware of that. I believe we're moving towards a commodity-based economy around the world. We talked about change of order. This is a big change of order that I believe is going, is, is going on right now. We're seeing that with uh, uh, the so-called BRICS countries, which originally was just a name coined by some journalists, BRICS being the, uh, 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 the first letters of several countries, uh, 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 Brazil, Russia, um, uh, India, uh, um, uh, um, uh, China, and South Africa. Uh, and all of these countries are resource rich. All of these countries have other problems as well. But now we're seeing that Iran, Saudi Arabia, and many others are attempting to join the BRICS. What does it mean to join the BRICS? BRICS is now an organization, not just a appellation. <coughs> and if this occurs, these are the countries that are most resource rich in natural resources around the world. If that occurs, people need to be aware that issues concerning, for instance, gold will really matter a great deal. So the U.S. broke their deal with Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia is acting, is reacting commensurately. Um, just a, a side comment about that. Uh, it's well known that the United States has many very large military installations throughout the Middle East, in Qatar, in Bahrain, in, in, in Saudi Arabia, and other places throughout the Gulf. There have been, over the past several months, and I'm saying this guardedly now, there have been accusations of human trafficking and human slavery on American bases by the American military contractors. Not the American military itself, but the contractors. None of these cases have been yet proven. These are accusations. But we're talking about uh, 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 large, very, very large number of accusations. So far, the Pentagon responded to 176 cases of human trafficking. We do not know their precise response. But these are real numbers. And these are real things that are happening. Reportedly, thousands of such persons have been trafficked in these bases over the past decade. It's terrible. And it's in this day and age and with all we're supposed to know and we're supposed to be so woke and sensitive to other people's feelings, it's all so corrupt. Yes. Yes. And this is very real and very, very dangerous because if the United States is indeed involved in this somehow, as a country, as a, uh, 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 as a government body, this will be disastrous for the United States. And it's something that the world doesn't need that. We just don't. Okay, let me go to a different subject now. And we'll, we'll, we'll jump eastwards. Again, one of the results of the Ukraine war has been an increased awareness of the possibility of China somehow attacking Taiwan. And we saw recently in the uh, 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 Congress of the Chinese Communist Party that uh, uh, Xi Jinping has actually 
change the constitution of China to demand that the government take over Taiwan. It's actually a constitutional amendment that they need to take over Taiwan. Not necessarily militarily, but militarily is not ruled out. Of course, they would prefer to take it, take it over without fighting, but it's rather doubtful that the Taiwanese will allow that. Remember what I said before about social intel. Well, same thing in Ukraine and Russia. Russia exactly. wants to take and <laughs> exactly. the Ukrainians that's, that's are exactly resisting, the same of course. Thing. But the Chinese do have social intel in Taiwan, and they know that they cannot simply walk in there. Okay. Now, one of the alternatives, and I use that word guardedly, is that China might not necessarily attack Taiwan first. Remember, if the Chinese attack Taiwan, they break through what's called the first island chain. In 5,000 years of Chinese history, the Chinese have never been capable of doing anything outside of the territory of China unless they had access to the first island chain. First island chain includes uh, Japan, Taiwan, Philippines, and etc. Taking Taiwan would break them out into the Pacific. <coughs> um, strategically, that would be a disaster for the United States. But as I said, an alternative might be, at least temporarily, to take, instead of Taiwan, eastern Siberia. They break out of the first island chain because Sakhalin is part of the first island chain. So they have access to the Pacific Ocean, which they do not have today. They have oil because Sahalan is and, and Eastern Europe, Ukraine, and Eastern Siberia is full of oil, full of many, many natural resources that China uh, 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 lacks today. Uh, it even solves partially one of their major problems, one of their major issues, in that, um, uh, as most people probably know. The Chinese had that the so-called uh, one-child policy for many decades. They, they, they had that for too long. China today is not only inside of a demographic disaster in terms of births, but it's inside of a democratic, de demographic disaster in terms of gender inequality. Not gender inequality as American uh, so-called academics define it, that that men and women don't get the same pay that's well it's not nice but it's basically trivial on a strategic level gender inequality in the sense that there are tens of millions of chinese males who do not have a female partner there's a lack of more than 35 million chinese females and they're not going to do malaway brides they're just going to go into taiwan and take them not taiwan but eastern siberia mm-hmm there, there's no, there's no, um, uh, there, there's, there aren't, there's no, there's not an, a sufficient population in Taiwan for that to matter. There is a sufficient population in eastern Siberia. Eastern Siberia is not well populated, but it has a lot more people than Taiwan does. Okay. So this is something that uh, uh, some analysts are looking at. The possibility exists. I'm not saying this is going to happen. I'm saying this is something that one needs to be aware that this possibility exists. Okay, I want to um, uh, 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 sum up with a, um, uh, 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 a brief commentary about some of the things that are going on today in Iran. And we'll go into detail. Everybody's aware of the basic facts. There have been uh, uh, riots throughout Iran all over the country for the past several months because of the murder of uh, Masha Abibi, uh, a horrible murder. Basically, they smashed her skull in for not having, for, for wearing her headscarf improperly. Right. I don't know what that may actually means. But it, okay. And it started a movement. And, and, and these things have been going on now it. for several months, I think now three or four months, uh, uh, throughout Iran. Remember, Iran is 50% Persian, but 50% is other minorities. You have 30 uh, seconds. 
Go ahead. And the uh, 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 the minorities, and not only the minorities, but the Persians themselves are very, very angry. Iran has gone through some uh, 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 whole list of revolutions over the past hundred years. There's a very strong popula- po- possibility that the population will revolt once again. Unfortunately, the Biden administration, like the Obama administration before it, is not supportive. And that's very sad. And the Bush administration was not for it. They didn't help the people of Iran. But we don't have time for that right now. We'll have to cover it another show. Thank you, Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem, for being with us and giving us all this information. Something to think about. Thank you for being with us, everybody. Israel News Talk Radio's chat room. Just click the orange button at the top of the IsraelNewsTalkRadio.home page, log in as yourself or an anonymous guest, and join in on the fun. You'll meet other listeners from all over the world who listen to Israel News Talk Radio, and you can make new friends. Israel News Talk Radio's chat room. It's the closest you can get to being in the studio with us. We love listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Where can you get the inside news on Israel? At Israel News Talk Radio, we're dedicated to sharing Israel's inside story with the world by providing our listeners with news on Israeli politics, current affairs, and Israeli Jewish culture. The Israel News Talk Radio homepage also provides you, the listener, with useful information at your fingertips with scrolling news headlines, weather, currency exchange, Shabbat candlelighting times, and so much more. Our radio programming is always accessible and on demand. We operate absolutely free of charge for everyone, everywhere. If you love what we do, partner with us now by becoming an Israel News Talk Radio supporter. With your support, you'll be inscribed on our Israel News Talk Radio Wall of Fame. There's nothing like us in the world. Be part of something great. Israel News Talk Radio. Straight talk from Israel. If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel, plus little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. 